the Spartan Mind Strength Podcast, the podcast for mental grit and resilience. Hosted by V. Binga and Tim Ganley. Hello, this is Tim. And this is V. And we welcome you to our Spartan Mind Strength Podcast. Today's podcast is going to be all about... Tantra. And it is brought to you by... Apna the Association of Ayurvedic Professionals of North America and Global Ayurveda Conferences, spreading Ayurveda worldwide. See you in a second. We'll be right back. We're here in North Georgia. It is a little chilly out. It's probably, what, about 50 out right now? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, but being in Florida (laughs) two days ago, and it was in the 70s, and then in South Greece, where it was in the 70s, low 80s, for four or five weeks, it's now a little chilly getting up in the morning, and it's in the upper 20s, lower 30s. So, I'm a little chilly here. Well, makes cold showers more worthwhile. (laughs) Yes, it definitely does. We've been teaching now and getting ready to teach more classes on Tantra Yoga. On Tantra, actually, not Tantra Yoga. Well, both. Tantra Yoga and Tantra. Mm -hmm. And we've got, what, two classes, online classes going Uh on it. You're getting ready to teach next week at the... North Georgia Holistic Guild. To talk about... The tantric aspect of a holistic practitioner. So it might seem that the last couple podcasts have all mentioned Tantra. And they have. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's been something on our brain a lot. And I read uh, something a little while ago that said, in order to understand something, you read about it, and then you must talk about it. And that really puts it in your brain. So you talk to other people... And then you talk to more people. So that's what we're doing. Tantra yoga. Tantra. Please do explain what you're going to be talking about. Tantra is uh, a word that has entered the English vocabulary. And it is being used a lot in the yoga world and in the holistic world. But what happens is, even though it is being used a lot... It is not well defined and it is not well understood. There is a lot of confusion about it. People just throw that word around without, you know, without really knowing what they are talking about. And unfortunately, a lot of times, Tantra Yoga is being associated with uh, sexual intercourse. And even though it can be, sexual intercourse, it doesn't mean that it is only that. Tantra in general is, is a very, is a very uh, complicated word, but um, it doesn't have to be. I remember when we were in uh, Weston teaching yes. on Tantra. <laughs> this is a difficult subject because so many people have so many different thoughts on it. Exactly. There are a lot of preconceived notions about it. And actually, a lot of people didn't see where we were going to be taking it because they thought it was going to be specifically about sex. Yeah. And we talked about dying. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
yeah it's very very different yeah it was almost 180 degrees but everybody ended up loving it yes. afterwards yep two, I, two and a half days <laughs> of talking about dying yes uh so i in if you do a quick search if you do a quick online search uh for the to see what the dictionary says about Tantra, you're going to find the two main uh, definitions. And I am going to read those to make sure that I keep it as the dictionary says. Uh, the one definition is a Hindu or Buddhist mystical or ritual text dating from the 6th to the 13th centuries. And the other definition is adherence to the doctrines or principles of the tantras involving mantras, meditation, yoga, and ritual. So basically, from these two explanations, what we can um, gather is that tantra is a system or um, a bunch of theories uh, that were that uh, nobody knows exactly when they were formulated because you go from the sixth century to the thirteenth century, uh, and uh, which the, actually is fairly new. It is very new. Right? It is very compared new. to the other uh, Vedas. Ex exactly, and so it is a set of uh, theories coming from multiple texts that uh, tells you uh, that how to perform. Uh, a bunch of rituals that are similar to uh, yoga or meditative techniques. Uh, at least that's what I understand from these definitions. And uh, also, if you search a little bit more, you're going to see, like you said, that uh, the tantras or the tantric texts are way newer than the Vedas. And in fact, uh, some of the Tantric texts refer to the Atharva Veda, which is the fourth Veda and the newest of the four Vedas. They refer to it as a great source of knowledge. So the Tantric texts are not part of the Vedic texts. They are a lot newer. So did the Upanishads or any of that talk about Tantra, or is it just completely new? Uh, they talk about similar concepts, uh, but, uh, but it, is, uh, it is kind of independent. It has followed its own path. And also, you don't only have uh, the Tantras of the Hindu systems, you have the Tantras, as it said, of the Buddhist system as the definition said. So you have tantras in, um, in different cultures, in different societies. And I know for the, the advanced class that we taught, the 300-hour one, it was from the book of the Tibetan Book of the Living and the Dying. Yes, the Tibetan Book of the Living and the Dying, which is not the Tibetan Book of the Dead. It is a, a lot lighter. And it's, it's a difficult book. It's, it's a very difficult book to read. Yeah, it's the Tibetan Book of the Dead Light. Uh-huh, and we'll have... Uh... We'll put a link in the comment section because it is... a. Uh, it is an amazing book. 
Okay, so this is the definition. We'll be right back to talk more about Tantra. Stay tuned. Tantra. We're going to be talking now about Tantra. Are we going to be talking about the Hindu version or the Buddhism version? Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the concept. Okay. Uh, what happens is that the concept is the same in uh, both traditions. Expansions, expansion of consciousness. But the methods may seem uh, slightly different because they were they were different societies, pretty much. Different times. Different times, different uh, social uh, conditions, different cultural conditions. So you can't have the same methods. Uh, but the idea is the same. What is the idea? <laughs> I was waiting for <laughs> it. I've been dying <laughs> to talk about it. Okay. Tantra is uh, a Sanskrit word. And, and it's it, not Greek. And it's not Greek. Are you sure it's not <laughs> it, based I, on some Greek word? If I search hard enough, I'm sure I can find uh, some commonalities. Uh, it comes from the root tan, T-A-N, which means to expand, to extend, to stretch. And the suffix tra, which uh, is the word that means instrument. If you think about it, Tantra is the instrument that helps expand. Expand. What? Our, expand our consciousness. Okay. Also, another explanation is from the word tan, which means to elevate, and tra, which means to liberate. So it is a bunch of theories that help elevate the consciousness in order to liberate it. Because remember, Sanskrit is a highly contextual language. Uh, so one word has different meanings depending on the context. But either way, we are talking about expanding the consciousness or elevating the consciousness in order to find liberation. And we talked about this being a lot newer than the text. Than, uh, than the Vedas and the Upanishads even. Why did this all come about? Uh, why? Why? <laughs> uh, there was, well, there has always been a need. Uh, the human beings have always had the need to look for something else. Uh, to, to basically make, to find something that makes their life more meaningful. Uh, the tantric rituals were a natural culmination of that need. They were actually giving people something concrete to use to help them feel better. But having said that, also we need to keep in mind that the tantric rituals were kept secret. 
uh, and the, te the tantric rituals were uh, only taught orally and they were taught in a very private teacher-student environment and you had to be initiated by a teacher in order to perform these rituals which means these rituals worked these rituals had power and they were only reserved for the very few and then america came around and then america came around <laughs> and now it's out for free <laughs> exactly exactly it is yep it is uh, and that's and we lost our we lost the concept of we've it. We've lost the concept of it. Now you talk to anybody about Tantra Yoga, it's like, yeah, we're going to talk about sex or do whatever. Uh, unfortunately, yes, it completely lost its meaning, its validity, its substance. Uh, there is a huge amount of misunderstanding. And uh, actually... Um, and an uh, old-time practitioner of uh, Tantra said that uh, those uh, most fit for Tantra almost never take it up, and those least fit pursue it with zeal. So are we pursuing it with <laughs> zeal or not taking it up? Uh, no, I'm... <laughs> uh, we are taking it up in a way that's that's very Spartan. <laughs> Good. Very minimalist. Crystals. Uh, mantras. Meditation uh, techniques. Yoga. Poses. Picking olives. All of those are... All of those are... Can be. All of those can be, yes. All of those can be tantric practices, tantric rituals. Now... How can they be tantric rituals? Well, going back to the definition, right, of Tantra, uh, the instruments or the theories that help you expand your consciousness or elevate your consciousness in order to find liberation. What does that mean? That means that ta Tantra does not want you to negate your daily life, does not, does not want you to say, oh, this life is crap, this body is crap, I need to find enlightenment. Tantra says use this daily life in, in a way that will help you feel more fulfilled. It is very similar to the Upanishads. It is all about honoring this experience. So Tantra says, use your body, use anything that's around you in a way to help you identify better, identify more with your environment, with nature and with the universe. It basically takes the microcosm, us, and says, how can we see ourselves as part of the macrocosm, as part as integral part of our environment, of our nature, of our universe. It doesn't say we are worthless and we need to find enlightenment. It actually says quit looking for enlightenment. And 
one way that I like to um, explain this is Tantra says give meaning to this life. Use these rituals in order to find more meaning in this life. And the meaning is a very, very important word. Mm-hmm. So I would like to come back in a couple seconds to talk about why meaning is so important and why we talked about death in the 300. Stay tuned. Do you like what you hear? The Spartan Mind Strength Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and all other popular podcast destinations. Please subscribe today and consider leaving us a rating and review. It helps us spread the word and help others find our content. Don't forget to leave a comment and any questions you may have. Tim and V would love to hear from you. I would like to know your meaning of what the word meaning is. And uh, I would like to go to one of my most favorite subjects, <laughs> that's um, quantum physics, and take uh, the definition of meaning from there. Can I do a little <laughs> jump in? Our first 200 hour that we taught, V was so excited about teaching it that she wrote this big long course on Ayurveda and Quantum uh, physics, quantum mechanics. (laughs) And everybody in the class just stared at her with... (laughs) Disbelief. (laughs) Had no idea what she was saying. So we backed down off of the quantum physics, but now you're starting to get back into it again. But slowly. (laughs) Slowly. Uh, David David Bohm, uh, he was a quantum physicist who lived in the 20th century. And he said, in the very act of interpreting the universe, we are creating the universe. Through our meanings, we change nature's being. The word does not merely reflect the world, it also creates the world. So what the hell did you just say? What this basically says is that our words, based on the meaning that we give them, create our world. In a, it says that it is how we interpret things. So we, what meaning we assign to things actually creates our reality. When people say, oh, don't sweat the small stuff, right? What does that mean? It, it means don't give them that much value. Don't give those things that much meaning. Don't allow them to mean that much to you. But do we know really when to give meaning, what things matter and what things don't matter? What happens is... Yes, we give a meaning to things that don't matter. We sweat small stuff, but very often we do not give enough meaning to things that matter, or we don't have anything that really matters to us. So you're just living your life just stre- stressed over little things. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
yeah, stressed over little things. And you don't have any big, which is one of your favorite quotes, is... If you have a big enough dream, you don't need a little crisis. If you have a meaningful dream, you don't worry about meaningless crisis. Uh, it, there is a... As, as society, very often we experience a failure of meaning. We do not assign meaning properly. And that's what the tantric texts actually say. They give you rituals because when it comes to a ritual, we tend to give it meaning. So by giving meaning to how many likes you get on your Facebook or responding to everybody's statement is actually... It is actually a failure of meaning. You are sweating the small stuff. And yes. you're not worried about the and bigger Exactly, picture. exactly, exactly. That is a failure of meaning. Which I don't know, whoever's friends with us on Facebook, you might have noticed we're not doing that much anymore. And as time goes by, we're even going to be doing less. Yeah, because because we are we are actually trying to apply this the uh, the proper meaning to every aspect of our life, and that's the thing. We people forget also that that the concept of meaning uh, should be applied to every aspect of our life, and social media <laughs> is a major aspect of our. Uh, daily life that we we need to you know take inventory of mm -hmm. be thankful of it use it but don't be stuck with it exactly it, it doesn't mean that it, it is meaningless it is how you use it what you do with it and yes how many likes you got uh <laughs> by no means that should how be how quick you sent out your posts this morning things like that don't really matter much <laughs> no <laughs> Are you trying to make a point? <laughs> Is this... <laughs> uh... <laughs> so now let's talk about death. Okay. <laughs> All right. Death of... No, not Facebook. But death <laughs> of... Uh, in one of our previous episodes, we mentioned how a very good way to look uh, at our everyday life is to live it as if we were going to die in a few hours or tomorrow and to also live it as if we were going to live forever and that is part of the lesson of the tantras the that, tantric text that almost explains a whole all the text right in all the texts and uh the, that's that's the whole concept of the tibetan book tibetan book of the living and dying to live your life as if it as if you were gonna die within hours or and as if you were gonna live forever and uh, also uh, the tibetan book of living and dying is something that it is uh, being taught uh, quite a bit to people uh, personnel who work at uh, hospices mm -hmm. uh, and it has uh, helped a lot of people uh, actually move on in a very, very uh, peaceful, uh, fulfilled way. It's uh, 
it's in it's an important book yes so if you want to learn more about that we have a course online coming up soon yes but we will be right back to talk about some unique aspects of tantra stay tuned what is the greek word for tantra the Greek word for Tantra is uh, psychedelia, uh, which uh, translates to that which reveals the soul. Uh, psyche, psyche, the Greek word for spirit or soul, and the loon to reveal. Very cool. In the 1950s, 1960s, they started working on psychedelic drugs drugs to reveal the soul yes they started looking at it and actually they're still doing it today uh, i think last year there was a study being conducted in london on uh, microdosing lsd yes uh, they're also looking at several other drugs to assist the brain in in finding more expansion yes expand the consciousness uh and uh, if you follow Tim Ferriss, Dave Osprey, a couple mm -hmm. other ones, they talk about uh, different types of... Uh, and no tropics. Yep, no tropics, things, drugs, smart drugs, all and, those types yes. of things. And actually in Ayurveda, uh, smart drugs are called... Uh, media Rasayana, uh, rejuvenation of the brain. Yep. And I think you've done some talks on that in the past at some of the conferences. As one of the Ananda factors. Yes. So we're not saying do drugs. We're just showing that there are multiple tools out there. And once you have a tool, but you put a... Expectation. It no longer is a tool. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what happens is the, the tools are great. And the tools work as long as we do not become attached to them. Uh, in the case of uh, microdosing LSD, uh, there are the side effects and uh, the side effects can be the attachment and then you are in, you cannot find the liberation that you're looking for because you have an attachment and actually having an attachment to finding liberation also that is a form of a false meaning that's the false meaning of the spiritual world or the failure of meaning in the spiritual world we expect something to happen we are looking for it which means we don't believe we have it which means we don't believe it's already here right now so in the the old saying from buddha uh chop wood before enlightenment you chop wood you carry start, water you start fire you boil water after mm -hmm. enlightenment you chop wood you start fire you boil water it's, same thing it's just how you do it exactly so any of the tools that help us get a glimpse of what it feels like to be in the now are great as long as we do not become attached to them even people are becoming attached to a yoga practice right mm -hmm. people are becoming yoga teachers yoga teachers <laughs> i remember at the studio teachers would uh they wouldn't people wouldn't take a class if that teacher wasn't teaching uh if somebody subbed they wouldn't come 
Yeah. Uh, so they became attached to the teacher. They became attached to a guru. That so many times people become attached to that person that they believe will give them enlightenment. Exactly. That that magic word, the enlightenment, out there. But it's it's never gonna happen if we look for it out there. And the 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 concept of the purpose of tantra is to elevate and liberate liberate means be free from attachments and by creating more attachments we are losing more of our freedom so one of the best ways to find liberation is to attach yourself to our upcoming course on <laughs> On tantra, on tantra <laughs> yoga, on oh, no. yes, <laughs> yeah. As as long as you stay attached to our podcast and our courses, <laughs> then you'll find liberation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Until next time, much much love from both of us. Namaste kala. May we all be well. If you found today's show helpful, please give us a rating, a review, or both, and subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode. As always, Namaste Kala, which in Greek means, may we all be well. This program, Copyright True Fitness Incorporated, all rights reserved.